Kenya, as is the case around the world, most of the defining moments, moments that shaped history, moments of breakthrough, had women at the helm. Women have, for the longest time, remained the unsung and recognized heroes, despite the fact that they were and continue to be pivotal in building and sustaining communities, fighting for freedom and constitutional rights. Sometimes, or should I say at the very beginning, it was deliberate that their stories were never told, and so with time were forgotten. The social system that was patriarchy is largely to blame for this. But now, with the changing status quo, there's demand to appreciate women, to recognize their behind-the-scenes efforts, and to shout their strength and prowess from the rooftops. And this March, we have an entire month to do just that, thanks to Women's History Month. podcast and I'll say this again. This is the time to sit down with your children, your younger siblings, your pupils, students in school or church or work. This is a time to talk to them about women's heritage. Highlight women who are at the forefront of fighting for the rights and freedoms we now enjoy. Tell them their stories as a way of honoring them, honoring the past, informing the present and inspiring the future. My name is Evelyn Wamboy and this is the Human Interest Podcast. Gather around, ladies and gentlemen. In this episode, I tell you the story of when 12 elderly mothers of Kenyan political prisoners stripped, demanding the release of their sons. happened and back in the day the internet and social media wasn't anywhere near where it is today it wasn't anywhere really but thanks to these political mothers who have continued to tell the stories of their struggle over and over again we know we know the sacrifice they made staging a strike that lasted 11 months outside one of nairobi's public parks uhuru park from february 1992 going on a hunger strike after their petition to the then Attorney General Amos Wako to free their sons was unsuccessful. Day and night, they camped outside the park that was located just across Parliament buildings, cold, hungry, but with fire in their belly. I'm trying to imagine those first nights they slept there, what they must have been telling each other, you know? You know, they staged this protest just when the pressure for multi-party democracy had reached its peak back in 1991. They must have thought of quitting after the first night, maybe two. I would want to hear the pep talk they gave each other for them to soldier on. I think we need that pep talk. That this is bigger than us talk. That we are doing it for our sons and their future talk. The... If they see it, they can be it talk. Because it worked. Kenyans heard them, and in an era where the only noise was theirs, there were no Kenyans on Twitter, no social media noise, no WhatsApp groups rallying people. It was just them. The fire in their belly and the journalists whose news we'd receive in the evening or the next day. 
that noise must have been something. Soon, sympathetic Kenyans joined them with food, blankets, and tents, and it was just the push they needed. They prayed and sang vernacular songs and even distributed banners and flyers detailing their anguish. The government couldn't take it anymore. On March 3rd, the Moy government decided to forcibly disperse the demonstrators. Government police forces beat protesters with batons, fired gunshots into the air, and hurled tear gas into the tent where the protesters were gathered. But instead of running, three of the 12 elderly mothers did the unthinkable. They stripped their clothes, shook their breasts at the police, and questioned their audacity to beat their own mothers, shouting, kill us now. We shall die for our children. The police officers turned away, some documentation even suggesting that they ran away for fear of being cast, which is what many believe happens when a mother shows you her nakedness, especially in anger. The news spread like wildfire, sparking riots all over Nairobi. Foreign governments, including the US and German governments, even directed criticism at former President Moy's regime for its abuse of human rights. The fire had been lit, and when the mothers were prohibited from protesting at Uhuru Park, they were granted sanctuary at the nearby All Saints Cathedral Church, where they continued their campaign for the next 10 months to their growing number of supporters taking the opportunity to talk to them about democratic procedures and citizen rights, asserting that no one should be imprisoned for their political beliefs. A second raid by police at the church, which saw them barricaded at the church's basement for three days, did not stop them. Four months after these mothers, all of whom were in their 60s and 70s, left their homes to demand the release of their sons, four were released. And seven months later... On the 19th of January 1993, all the mothers were reunited with their sons. We celebrate these 12 mothers whose 11th month long protest not only freed their sons, but also triggered a return to multi-party rule and eventually the democratic space we enjoy today. We'll keep conversations around Women's History Month going throughout March as we continue to appreciate the place of women in society and the need to bridge the gender gap to ensure balance for better. Thank you so much for listening to the Human Interest Podcast. I'm Evelyn Romboy. Let me know what you think of this episode by either commenting on my social media pages, that's Evelyn Romboy on Facebook and at Evelyn Romboy on Twitter, or by reviewing the podcast if your app has that option. As always, share this podcast so more people can appreciate our heritage. See you next week.